Well, good morning. Thank you for reading. You did an excellent job on that. Do y'all know what was happening in that story? I mean, that was a whole lot of reading, wasn't it? Y'all know what was happening in that story? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, bad company this week. And this is an example in the Bible of some bad company getting a good man to do a bad thing. Let me tell you a little bit about the story as, as it unfolded here. Y'all know who Moses was, right? And I want you to shake your heads yes or no if you, if you understand or don't understand. Okay, you know who Moses is. Moses led the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. You know what that means. They were slaves in Egypt. And God sent him back. And you remember there were ten plagues that he did. He held the rod out over the water and the waters parted and they left. Do y'all remember those stories? Most of you? Okay. When they left, they came out and they came to a place that was a big mountain. And when they got there, it was a real, real strange and kind of scary sight. Do you all remember any time in your life where there was a big storm that came up? And I mean, it was really dark and a lot of lightning and flashing and stuff. And it was kind of scary. Do you remember that? Okay. That's kind of the way this was. The Bible says there were clouds all over the mountain. And that there was lightning and thunder and the earth would shake like an earthquake with the thunder and the lightning that was on this mountain. And God told him, he said, I want you to put guards all around the mountain. Like if this was the mountain, you set guards all around the mountain because if anyone touches that mountain, they're going to die. Now that would be, that'd catch my attention, wouldn't it yours? I'd want to stay away from that mountain. And the Bible says that God spoke to all the people and He told them the Ten Commandments and it scared them to death. I mean, they were terrified. And they told Moses, they said, hey, listen, we don't want God to talk to us anymore. It scares us so bad. We're afraid we'll die if He talks to us anymore. So what we want you to do is you go talk to God and then tell us what he said. So Moses, I guess, agreed to that. And all of a sudden they heard the noise of a really loud trumpet. Have you ever heard a really loud trumpet or a really loud noise like a, an instrument of some kind? Yeah. And it was really loud. And it, guess where it was coming from? The top of the mountain. And God spoke again and He said, Moses, come up here on this mountain. Now remember, God had said, if you touch the mountain, you're going to die. But He told Moses, come up on the mountain. So Moses got Joshua, his right-hand man, and they headed up on the mountain. And they stopped a little ways and Moses told Joshua, you stay here and you wait. You wait right here, and I'm going to go on up, and I'm going to talk to God, and I'm going to see what He wants. So Moses goes on up on the mountain, and when he gets up on the mountain, God gives him the Ten Commandments. You all know the Ten Commandments? You, you familiar with them? Okay. God gave him the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them, God wrote them with his own finger on stone. And he gave these tablets of stone, which are just big flat pieces of stone, to Moses. And Moses was gone a long time. Do any of y'all know how long Moses was gone? 
he was gone 40 days. Now I want you to imagine just for a moment, you're one of the children of Israel. You've come out of Egypt. You've seen all these amazing things. You've seen Moses hold his rod over the water in the water part. You've seen Moses touch the water with a rod and all the water turned into blood. You've seen Moses do all these things. And then they get it. you get out to the desert and here's this huge mountain and it's really scary. And God says, Moses, come up here. But God's already said, if you go on the mountain, you're going to die. And Moses, by the way, y'all know how old Moses was? He was 80 years old, so he was an old man by this time. And God says, Moses, come up on the mountain. And Moses goes up and then nobody sees or hears anything from him for a whole week. And then another week. And then another week. And another week. For 40 days. You know what they all thought? They thought Moses was dead. Wouldn't you think that? I mean, this old man goes up on the mountain and there's thunder and lightning and scary stuff and, and they thought Moses was dead. So you know who the second guy in command really was? The second guy leading them? It was Moses' brother, Aaron. And so they went to Aaron and they said, Aaron, Moses is dead and we need a God we need a God to lead us and to guide us. We want you to make a golden cow. Now, have you ever been, I don't know, upset or lonely and felt like you needed God in your life? Have you ever felt that way? I have. Were you ever tempted to say, you know what, I need God. Maybe, maybe I could make something and I could worship that. Have any of you ever thought that? No, no, I haven't. Why would they think that? I mean, where would they even get that idea? Well, I'll tell you where they got that idea. Do y'all know anyone who worships something that they've made? You do? You know somebody? I, I know very few people that worship something they've made. Okay. Now, uh, maybe uh, a Buddha statue. You ever see a little fat Buddha man? a little statue, and sometimes they're in a Chinese restaurant or something. Some people worship a Buddha statue, but most people don't worship things here in America. I mean, we don't. when I say worship, we don't bow down in front of it and say, you know what, this little Buddha statue is my God. We wouldn't think of that. But the place they came from in Egypt, they all worshiped statues. They made statues that they believed represented their gods. And they were weird-looking statues. Some of them had birds' heads, you know, and arms like this. And they put sacrifices out on their arms. And, and they had all kinds of different things that they worshipped. And one of the things they worshipped were cows. Did you know in India they still worship cows? Today. They worship cows in India. Some of you have heard about that and heard some of those stories. So they told Aaron, they said, we want you to make us a God. Uh-oh, that fell off my pocket. We want you to make us a God that we can worship because Moses is gone. And you know, they had seen Moses do all these miracle things. You know that a lot of times I think they probably really kind of thought of Moses as their God in some ways, don't you? Because Moses was the one doing all these miracles. 
and they complained at Moses, and Moses kept telling them about the real God. They said, we want you to make a God for us. Now, do you think Aaron knew better than that? Some of you don't, some of you do. I mean, Aaron, Aaron knew who the real God was, didn't he? He knew who the real God was. And Aaron knew that a golden cow is not a god. Even if you make it out of gold, it's still just a hunk of gold. I've got gold right here on my finger. Okay? That's just a piece of gold. It's actually got diamonds in it. And I don't think their cow probably had diamonds in it. You know? It's just a piece of gold. Is there anything magic about that? Do you think we would worship this piece of gold? It seems kind of silly to us. Aaron knew better. Aaron knew that a golden cow was not the real God. But you know, these people, these people had a lot of influence. There was a lot of them to start with. There were, I don't know, two or three million of them or more. Lots of people. And I don't know, but I I get the impression from reading this story that Aaron was kind of afraid of these people. You know, he didn't really know how to lead. And there may be some time in your life when you're with a bunch of kids and you know what's right and they're not doing what's right, but you don't really know what to do about it. You know, I was in that situation at times when I was young and kids were doing things that I knew better. I knew they weren't right to do those things and I knew we shouldn't and... I just didn't really know what to do about it, though. I mean, I could say, no, I'm not going to do that. But, but as far as leading other people not to do, I, you know, I just really didn't know what to do sometimes. And I think Aaron was kind of in that situation. He just really didn't know what to do. So you know what he did? Instead of standing up to the people and going, you know what? Even if Moses is dead, which he wasn't. Even if Moses is dead, God is still God, isn't he? Isn't God still God? You know, I'm supposed to hold a gospel meeting here this week, right? I'm supposed to preach to you guys all week long and do studies in the morning. What if I drop dead today? That could happen, couldn't it? We hope it doesn't, but it could. If I drop dead today, is God still God? Yeah, he's still God. What if the elders of the church here drop dead today? Is God still God? What if your parents drop dead? Is God still God? Yeah, he's still God. It doesn't matter who's alive or who's dead here on this earth. God is still God. And Aaron should have said, you know what, guys? You have a God. I don't need to make a God for you. You have a God and we're going to wait here until he tells us what to do which is what they should have done. But instead, you know what he told them to do? Do you all remember what he read for us? He said, you get all your gold, all your earrings. said, your wives' earrings and your sons' earrings. So I guess the guys were wearing gold earrings. And your daughter's earrings. You break them all off. And you bring them. And you bring them to me. And they brought him to him. And the Bible says he put it in the fire and he shaped a golden cow. Now, I don't know how big that golden cow is. If you got a million people or two million people and they all have golden earrings, that'd be a lot of gold, wouldn't it? Okay. 
And he said, you, he took it and he made this golden calf. And then it said he, uh, he used tools to carve this golden calf to where it looked really, really like a golden cow. I mean, he took the gold that was soft and he made it look just like a cow. Now, I'm not, I'm not an artist. I'm not gifted to be able to do that. But evidently, Aaron was or people that worked with Aaron were. And he told the people once he had it all made, he said, okay, guys, there's your God. Now, would you be fooled by that? Would you think that was really a God? No, I wouldn't be fooled by that either. But these people were because the land they came from, they all worshipped cows like that and and different things. So they really believed they were really going to follow this. Okay. And so Moses now, do you all remember where he is? He's up on the mountain with God. And God says to Moses, he says, Moses, you better get back down there quick because these sorry people have done and made a God, a false God, and I'm going to kill them. I'm going to wipe them all out. I'm just going to destroy them. God was very angry. Your parents ever get angry at you for doing something you shouldn't do? Yeah. God was very angry. And he said, I'm going to kill them. Now, hopefully your parents don't get that angry with you, right? (laughs) Said, I'm going to kill them. And Moses said, no, 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 God, don't kill them. Because if you kill them, all those Egyptians, you know, you just, they all came out of Egypt. They're going to say, well, God brought his people out into the desert just to kill them. He said, don't kill them. God said, okay, but you get down there and you take care of this matter. And so he goes down. He comes down, he's carrying these big old tables of stone. And he gets down to where Joshua is. And Joshua says, I hear noise. It's like there's war. We've been attacked. And Moses says, that's not war. He says, people aren't shouting like they're winning a victory. And they're not screaming like they're being defeated. They're singing. You know, people people don't sing like that when they're in a battle. He said, there's something going on. And they got down there. And Moses saw that golden cow, and he was so angry. He was about as angry as God was. He was angry. And he took those stones, and he threw them down, and he broke them. I heard one guy that said that made Moses the wickedest man that ever lived, because he broke all Ten Commandments at the same time. (laughs) But he broke them. And he looked out at those people, and he said, who's on God's side? And a whole bunch of the Levites, which were the priests, came over to Moses and they said, we're on God's side. Now, what would you do? You thought Moses is dead and now he's not dead. And you you already made a calf and you're worshiping this calf. And they were having a big party saying, this is our God. And Moses told the Levites, he said, get them. And they killed a bunch of them right then. And Moses says to Aaron, Aaron, what did you do? And then Aaron has the most ridiculous answer I've ever heard in my life. This is the kind of answer a kid gives to mom, right, sometimes. He said, I took the gold and I threw it in the fire and a cow came out. Well, yeah, a cow came out after you carved it into a cow, right? And he says, he says, Moses, you know these people. And that's what he said there. He says, you know these people. He said, they're wicked. 
These people are, they're just sorry people and they're wicked. And they told me, you make us a God. And so I threw the gold in the fire and this cow came out. Now we know the rest of the story, right? What was, what was Aaron's problem? What do you think Aaron's problem was? I can tell you what Aaron's problem was. In Exodus 23, God had warned Aaron. He'd already told him, told all the people. In Exodus 23 and verse 2, he says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. Now, that's kind of confusing old King James language, isn't it? What he says specifically is this. If there's a whole bunch of people doing something that's wrong, don't you do it. You see, Aaron didn't have the courage to stand up against a bunch of people that were doing wrong. Now, I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of you, but you're growing up. I saw you when you were younger, and I don't really know all of your name. I don't. In fact, I don't even pretend to know your names, okay? I will hopefully learn them through the week, okay? But here's what I do know about you. Someday in your life, you'll be with people who are doing evil, and you'll need to stand up and say no. That's just going to happen, right? The adults that are here, is that right? Absolutely. Sometime in your life, you're going to be with a bunch of people. And you know what? It may be at school, it may be on a sports team, or it may be at church camp. It may be at a youth meeting somewhere that you're with a bunch of kids that try to do something that's wrong. And it's your job, not anyone else, it's your job to stand up and say, no, that's wrong, and I'm going to do what God says. And I tell you, in my life, I've been in a lot of places. I'm a really old man. And I've been in a lot of places, and I've had a lot of times that I was with people that tried to get me to do good things, and that's great. A lot of times that was at youth meetings and stuff. But I tell you what, too, I've been at youth meetings, I've been at places where the kids, supposedly Christian kids, tried to get me to do things that were not right. And this whole week, we're going to talk about how bad company corrupts, bad company if you hang around bad people, will get you to do bad stuff. But sometimes, good people become bad company for a little while. Does that make sense to y'all? Do y'all understand that? Because sometimes you are a good person, right? But sometimes you do stuff you shouldn't do, right? So sometimes, good people can be bad company. And what we want to make sure is we're not like Aaron, that we don't follow a crowd to do evil. If a crowd's doing something that's not right, you need to have the courage to not do that. When I was in college, there was I had just moved into the dorms, and there was a place in the town where I lived where kids would go and they would drink alcohol. They would go have a party and they would drink alcohol. And I had just moved into my dorm room, and this guy comes by, and he knocks on the door. And I opened the door. I didn't know who he was, but you know, at college, everybody's just friendly with everybody sometimes. And, and he said, come on, man, we're going to Boot Hill. 
And I said, what's Boot Hill? That was the name of the place they went. He said, we got some alcohol. We got kegs is what they called. And we're going to party. And I said, oh, I don't do that. He goes, oh, uh, well, well, I, I wasn't going to drink anyway. I was just going to go see what's going on. <laughs> well, he really was going to go drink probably. But the influence of just saying, no, I don't do that. And it wasn't long before me and I had a good friend who didn't drink and didn't party like that. And he and I would always be together. And it got to where people didn't invite us to go do those things. You know why? Because they knew we'd say, no, that's wrong. And when we said, no, that's wrong, that made them feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that either. So this first lesson is even when there's a whole bunch of people doing something wrong, you do what's right because God is still God. And He is watching you, He is loving you, and He is wanting you to do what's right. So you always, always, always do what's right. Okay? Let's close this part with a prayer, and then we're going to take a five-minute break, and then we're going to come back and do some singing, okay? Is everybody good with that? Okay, let's close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being our God. Thank you for these wonderful stories in the Old Testament that warn us about doing things that are wrong, following a crowd to do evil. Father, thank you for these young people who love you and have families that love you and want them to learn your word and want them to grow up to be mighty, mighty Christians in in the name of your Son. They've got many challenges ahead of them in this life, and I'm so grateful that they have people in their lives who want them to learn to grow and be strong. I pray that none of these young folks would ever follow a crowd to do evil, but they would be the ones who would stand alone against evil and stand up for you. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.